Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, or any of the others. You can also find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. Also, every day, I'm on OnSideRadio.com. That's also on all the podcast apps. That's at 10 a.m. to noon every single day with Five Reasons contributors i feel like we've kind of taken over that station we've got now six people from five reasons hosting shows over there so make sure you check out onsideradio.com also check out five reasons that's where you can find all the latest articles from brady hawk and others brady posted an article kind of breaking down jimmy butler's return so make sure that you check that out also the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network i'm on a little bit of a losing streak right now so i'm hoping to correct that go to prizepicks.com see if you can do better than i'm doing use the code five f-i-v-e this is the new way to play daily fantasy doing the nba stuff right now obviously you can get into college basketball there too you can pair college basketball players with nba players you can also pair nfl players as we have the super bowl coming up on sunday and i'm going to be up in Tampa for the week coming up this week. So maybe I'll have some suggestions for you. So go to prizepicks.com, use the code five. They've got single stat categories now. So in addition to playing the fantasy points, you can also just say, Hey, you think LeBron's going to go over their projection of 25.5 points or say 7.5 rebounds. You go over, you think he's going to go under, you go under. I just missed out with John wall by one rebound or one assist the other night. So it's a lot of fun. It makes you follow all the games you wouldn't necessarily otherwise follow. So check out prizepicks.com. Use the code five. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to five on the floor, a daily show on the Miami heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the five reasons sports network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. I've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander on Twitter. And I've got Royal Shepard making his second appearance here on the pod. Uh, he appeared with me a little bit earlier. Who do you, who are you on with Royal? I can't remember. Who are you interviewing? Uh, we were interviewing coach Tony Farantino. Ah, that's right. With coach Tony, it was you and me. You can follow him at not coach Tony, but you can follow Royal at Royal a Shepard on Twitter Royal is one of the hosts of our post game show. I actually filled in for him off Saturday night's win against the Kings, a one point win. Jimmy Butler returns, has 30 points, nearly a triple double. They still needed a bam block at the end. All right. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to try to figure out not can he get back on track, but had, can the heat do two things? Can they find an identity? Eric Spolster always talks about identity Three of us talked before the pod tonight. We agree they have no identity right now. And the other thing is, can they become dangerous again? And how exactly does that happen? So we're going to break some of that down tonight. While we also give you some news, Tyler Hero, the Heat basically said they don't know how long they're going to be without Tyler Hero. He was close to someone who tested positive for COVID. Of course, Hero just missed a bunch of time, not for COVID, but he missed a bunch of time uh, because of an injury, came back, played 40 minutes in the game, <laughs> but then found out at halftime that someone he knows who he's close to again, uh, <laughs> tested positive right before the game. And now again, we don't know how long Tyler is going to be out. If he's going to be out at all, he's currently listed as questionable. I'll start here. I'm going to go to you first on this, Greg, and then we'll get into the topic of the day. This doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. Um, 
you know, it, it's like they're policing like who you're around to test positive. But then Tyler played 40 minutes yesterday. I, I can't say that I totally understand how COVID works at this stage. Um, I mean, I keep having to have tests that come up negative because I'm around people or someone else. My daughter's teacher tested positive, and then I got to test again, even though I test. I, I don't understand how any of it works. But from your understanding of this, like, what is this about? Because if Tyler was in danger, so to speak, by being around a person who tested positive, wouldn't the other players that he was around last night against the Kings be in danger too? I mean, in theory, yeah. Anybody he comes in contact with, right? And it was also interesting, something that I think was talked about a lot less was Kendrick Nunn and the fact that the reason why he didn't get um, any playing time and essentially stayed back uh, you know, from the bench was because he had uh, his test results if, if, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that they arrived late. So then he, he, you know, they were just, they didn't have the results so he couldn't get on the court. Um, it's interesting to see uh, how the discernment that they're using with, with what's a risk and what's not, because you're right. Like to, to your point, he was out on the court with all the other guys, I guess they're immediately all being tested again. So then the, the, the results of those tests will reflect whether that threat was real or not, but you're right. Like there's a, a, a huge unknown component to it. And, um, and I, I just don't know how they mitigate the risk. And, and that's what this has been about since day one. It's why I always thought the bubbles were a better uh, way to go because wouldn't it suck now if Tyler hero has to sit out for an extended period? Well, not only if he has to sit out for an extended period, but what if others on the team now do too? Like, I mean, they may be stuck back in the same. I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't really know. They can end up Royal in the same position they were in after that Wizards game that we, I think everybody agreed they shouldn't have played at the time. And the NBA kind of agreed with it after the fact, but not before. As we know now, Jimmy Butler and Avery Bradley tested positive. And then other players on the team had to, con you know, went through the contact tracing and missed a week. And those two guys missed two weeks. I mean, what, what do you can you make sense of this at all? Uh, not at all. The only thing that I can think of is that a dog sat down next to Tyler, and now all of a sudden he can't play for another week. So it's you're just getting these guys back, and now all of a sudden you're reliving the same nightmare all over again, and and it only makes the season outlook look more bleak from that perspective. Where it's like now you're, there's this state of confusion where we don't know who has been affected by this and what this team is going to look like in the next couple of weeks because of it. So it's, it's disheartening to hear that it's attacking our team as soon as we have some semblance of a full team, but it, you know, that's just the, the state of this season. It's been confusing for everyone. And it's just been a general, it's, it's been a general poor decision to have the season go on like this. And it's, and it's tough to figure out how we're going to move forward from it. You can sense Eric Spolcher's frustration in these zoom calls. Like, he's not the type they're not the type to kind of call out the league and they don't want to make excuses because then it trickles down to the rest of the players, but you can tell he wants to say something like some of the comments lately have been very thinly veiled. And, and I get it because when I talk to people inside the organization, they're frustrated. They also think that maybe they made some poor decisions because they were trying to do the right thing. We've talked about that before, the irony of this, I don't know if that's the right word, but if they had held Tyler Hero out, we've talked about this before, like if they've held Tyler Hero out before, they might have gotten out of some of those games that they lost because they were down at the threshold of close to eight players. And now ultimately they finally get just about everybody back. I heard Bradley was going to be back for the next game. That's not COVID related. That was injury related. I heard Harkless is close. I mean, they're close on a bunch of different guys. I don't really know about Leonard and Silva, but a lot of the core rotation players. And then again, you had Nunn's tests not come back in time. 
So you're watching that game and it's like, why is Gabe Vincent, why is Max Struess playing crunch time minutes in part? I mean, they had this situation with none. I don't know that he would have played the crunch time minutes, but it's just like, they don't have the full complement ever. So it does complicate this situation because we're going to talk about this pod in the context of them having everybody. And so I'll just start here and Royal, I'll start with you and then go to Greg. What is the identity of the 2020, 2021 Miami heat, not last year's Miami heat, not big three Miami heat, not and this particular team. Cause Spolster talks about identity. What is their identity? Their identity is a team that gives up uh, a lot of three pointers, wide open three point looks, a team with poor perimeter defense, um, and a team that pretty much can be beat on any given night. They don't have the defensive intensity that you're accustomed to. Um, they, I mean, Jimmy's played five, six games, and so you don't have you don't have a, a leader on the floor. I, I mean, Bam Adebayo is growing into that role, but he's not there yet. So this is a team without an identity, just to answer the question, frankly. They don't know what they want to do from night to night because they don't know who's going to be playing from night to night. And so that – that in and of itself uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. It's like they essentially they're in this spot where they need to find out how they can get to playing the type of basketball that we saw in the bubble and that Eric Spolstra repeatedly wanted to get to when he sized down the lineup with Jay, with Jay Crowder. They, they want to get to that type of shooting, um, that type of uh, switchable defense, but they also have this huge issue where they're the, the worst rebounding team in the league. They get, they're not protecting the rim. Uh, they basically are lacking. Um, I don't know that it's size. It's a particular skill set, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they balance that because uh, you know, they're living and dying by the three, but they're also not defending and rebounding. And like, you can't do, you can't not do any of those things and, and expect to turn this around. I mean, I think a big part of their identity is what Jimmy brought last night, right? Like that is, you know, in terms of relentlessness on both ends, being able to come back from deficits, okay? Because they had a deficit early in that game. We saw that all last season, like particularly in the bubble, like they would run it, they would have a deficit, but you're like, okay, at some point, Jimmy's going to get this thing under control, get to the line. I think that's a huge part of their identity. Get to the line, allow everybody to reset, get back on defense. This is not a team that even last year played well defensively in transition. They, they have to get set, okay, because it just didn't work out very well. And the way that they get set a lot of time, again, is slowing the game down, stopping the clock. Jimmy gets the line, makes his two free throws. Bam has become a good free throw shooter. So you got two guys shooting in the 80s from the line. When Hero gets the line, when Dragic goes to the line, you've got four-plus free throw shooters. That's a big part of this thing. They haven't had those four guys on the court at all this season together. And now they may be, just as they're getting Dragic back, potentially, they may be without hero. And so it makes it really challenging to get to it. All right. When we come back, there's some things that we want to get to as far as identity, when it comes to, can they actually get to it with what's on the roster? If they get everybody healthy and out of the protocols can, or do they need to go outside the roster to do it before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. That's our friend, Eric Brown, what should every business professional learn from the Miami Heat culture? Again, when it's operating at full throttle, that discipline, preparation, full-time maximum effort and persevering no matter how difficult the task, dealing with that now are the pillars of success. When you hire Eric Brown, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, you've engaged a professional who admires and embraces those principles with several years of experience representing clients that include celebrities and executives and pro athletes, but also first-time home buyers. 
He's uniquely qualified with a business school education and a mindset like that to find a heat culture, and he will provide an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering selling or buying a home in South Florida or just want to know what your property is worth, contact Eric Brown at 305-967-9089. That's 305-967-9089 or go to 5reasonsrealtor.com. Eric also appears here on a regular basis doing the value play segment. Don't you want to actually, if you're going to be dealing with somebody for a period of time, selling, buying a home, don't you want to deal with somebody who can actually talk Miami Heat basketball with you? He's the guy. Eric Brown at 5reasonsrealtor.com, the official realtor of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. All right, let's get to it. And Greg, let me ask you this question, because we've talked a lot about what they need. Um, I think there's an agreement, not just among us, but also inside the organization, that if there's a positional need right now, it's a four. Um what they wanted to do in the offseason at the four didn't work. Jay Crowder was not someone they were able to retain because giving him the one-year balloon payment wasn't something that he found attractive. There's another player. I know Adam hinted at it last night on the stream. I'll, I'll let Hilt him tell you, but there's another player they thought they had a deal with who ultimately ended up signing somewhere else. Again, I'll wait for Adam to tell you, but that player might have solved the problem at the four. But otherwise, you know, Harkless clearly didn't solve it. Achua, they're not ready for him to take that kind of role. I think maybe he should get more of it, but he hasn't. Akpala plays seven minutes and he's yanked. (laughs) Uh, Myers Leonard, they pay $9 million to. Now he's got an injury. He's basically played in two games. And Kelly Olenek, it's like feast or famine 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 it's like one good game and three bad games so i will ask you this can they get to their identity which they want it to be which is obviously playing tough defense uh getting to the line and then obviously spraying the floor with shooters can they get to that identity with what they have on the roster if it's healthy i don't know because i I feel like a lot of that really is contingent upon the the right player being next to bam up front uh, and I think it's important to to make the distinction that it doesn't have to necessarily be a four, I don't think. I think BAM can actually be a four if you have the right five that does the things that uh, are necessary from a uh, defensive perspective, being able to switch, but also protect the rim. I mean, it's a very unique skill set if it ends up being a five that can also stretch the floor. So it's more apt to be a four, but um, essentially you're looking for that front court player. And I don't see it on the roster. I feel like... Um, in some of the stints with KZ the other night, uh, they actually kind of deployed him on some of the more perimeter players rather than than testing him as any, you know, sort of a four. So um, I, I don't know that they're heading in that direction with him. He's at a really short leash. Uh, Kelly Olenek is not that guy. Uh, and I just look at the rest of the roster and I just don't see it there. So I, I think ultimately they're going to arrive at a place where they have a $9 million Myers Leonard that they can pair with another expiring contract, add some sort of asset to it so that they can get a player that, that further fits the mold, whether that player is a long-term fit or a short-term fit remains to be seen, but I, I think it's going to come from outside. Royal, can they get to it on the roster? Uh I think that they can get to a, a semblance of what they want to get to, but it's going to come at a cost. I believe the only way that we can do that is by playing Jimmy at the four at this point. Like, I think that Jimmy is, he's bigger than, um, than Jay was in terms of height. So, and he's, he's shown the willingness to be able to guard or to guard up, but that is the only way that we're going to get there. Otherwise I agree with Greg that it's not on the roster. I think that if you start 
Duncan and Tyler next to Jimmy and Bam, then uh, we've talked about it before on the pod where it's you have to have a third defensive player. And I think that you start Avery Bradley. That's the only way that I see that this team either form some kind of defensive identity where that they could uh, use their defense to create offense for them. And so that's that's what I that's that's the only way that I see it happening. That's a really interesting thought. Uh, we haven't talked about that a lot, Greg. Um, it's very I, I true. Know, you, you, you know, I say <laughs> we say that Jimmy's big enough and he just he just lost 14 pounds. So, I, <laughs> you know, but al- although even with that last night, like he mixed it up like he was yeah, aggressive. No, it's his mentality. He plays right. like a four, even yeah. though you no know, matter his size. <laughs> and, and, and it's also interesting that you mentioned Avery Bradley, because I think the one other guy I didn't talk about that they've kind of used as a four is Iguodala. It's a similar concept to Bradley, right? Like the idea is to get another defender. What Alex talks about on the pod all the time is you can have two, you know, subpar defenders on the floor, but you can't have three and the heat get in trouble when they have three. And so the idea is bam, Jimmy. Okay. And that, you know, hero and Robinson. And then that fifth guy can't be a Dragic. It can't be an Olenek, even though I know they, but it, it has to be an Iguodala or as you're talking, or an Akpala if he was ready. But the thing is, KZ has the physical skills to do it, but he's not there mentally yet. And so, and he's if he's not going to be trusted, if he's going to be playing, looking over his shoulder all the time, it doesn't work. I think Precious can get there, but it doesn't seem like Spolster wants to do it. So it really does leave you with just two options, which is what you're talking about, Royal, which is sizing down completely and going with Avery Bradley, which is going to make you smaller and may exacerbate some of the rebounding issues. Although... You might make an argument that Avery Bradley will rebound as well as Case as as uh, Ke- as Kelly Olynyk. Okay. Or you think about it, uh, where where Jimmy and Tyler are our second and third best rebounders anyway, and they're yeah, still exactly. in the game. It's very true. <laughs> no, that's true. And now again, we have to think about the idea of if if Hero's going to be out for two weeks, then then what do you do? Like if 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 that's what ends up happening, then Avery Bradley starts right most likely for Hero because I think you leave Goran on the on the you bench. Get a lot of Max Struess. Oh, we'll talk about that. Um, God, no, we, we'll talk. And I, I don't want to take it out you. on Max Struess, but I, 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 this look, everybody knows that I'm a supposed supposed stand, right? Okay. I don't understand what the hell that was last night. I, I just don't. I, I, there were some heat fans justifying by saying you're getting a little bit more size there, but I, I, I don't get, I mean, lit, I mean, Sacramento, it, it was like, as Shaq would say, barbecue chicken. They just kept isolating uh, yeah, De'Aaron Fox. the fastest player in the league. Like, yeah, he just yeah, let him cook all the fourth quarter. Like, but, he just cooked him. But he looked game. okay with Jimmy on offense. I felt like they, those two guys actually played well mm-hmm. off of each other. Offensively, it's fine. Offensively, yeah. it's fine. But there was one thing they had to do to win that game in the fourth <laughs> quarter, and it was control De'Aaron Fox. And it wasn't even switches. It was. It was like, yeah. okay, you're guarding De'Aaron Fox, like. Like it's, like, like it's like they punted on that one. Let's just right, punt yeah, the match. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like that's the one guy you can't punt with on that team. Uh, and that's what they did. I mean, I, credit to Max Drews for competing. He does compete. There's no question. I, I actually thought Vincent might've made more sense there. They didn't have none. They wouldn't have used him defensively on Fox anyway, but I thought at least Gabe was fighting through some screens, but yeah, I mean, the Strews thing, I don't get it, but all right, but, but let's, let's explore this point a little bit more because if you're talking about getting to an identity, Avery Bradley is a Miami Heat identity player. We just haven't seen enough of him because, you know, he's been in and out. But I I do feel like that would fix some of the issues. Like, you would never have a perimeter player. on. Like, if Avery Bradley was playing last night, he would have been on De'Aaron Fox at the end of the game. 100%. Um, Right? So, 
I'm okay. I mean, if you're a bad rebounding team anyway, then provided again, heroes back then, then, and he's a good rebounder for, for guard for sure. Then it does make some sense to just put Jimmy at the four. And then Bradley is not a plus shooter, but he's, he's at least a baseline shooter. And then you have hero and Robinson. It seems like the best blend, but let me ask you this Royal. Why Bradley over Iguodala? Because I believe that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, the point of attack defense is where we need uh, the most help. Top of the zone, just stopping quick ball handlers from getting into the paint at will. And I believe he's more suited to do that. He's younger. We're not trying to use up Andre Iguodala. And I also believe that uh, Avery Bradley, he kind of takes a little bit of the responsibility off of everybody in terms of playmaking as well, not just his defense. He, Like you said, he's not a plus shooter. He's a baseline shooter. He's not a plus playmaker. He's a baseline playmaker. And so it's like at times, you know, when we don't want Bam to initiate offense or we don't want Jimmy or we don't want Tyler, then you add uh Avery Bradley in there and that and that solves that problem just a little and I think just incrementally like he just fits better with that starting unit than an Andre Iguodala would Greg is is it also uh, Avery Bradley's a little younger than Iguodala too um one of your concerns I know we we've talked about is you know wearing out Andre if Andre's a player you're planning on keeping this year if he's not a player that you're flipping because of his contract then he's somebody that you're going to want provided that you get to the playoffs, right? So I, I guess it's better to use up Avery Bradley than it is to use up Andre Iguodala because you feel like Avery Bradley is going to be able to handle. Plus, Avery Bradley didn't play in the bubble last year either. So he yeah. basically got he basically got two to three months off. No, you, Fresh you, legs. Want, you want more from Avery Bradley, there's no doubt, because the specific thing that, that they need from Avery Bradley is something that, yeah, Iguodala can maybe do in spurts, but not consistently the way that Avery Bradley brings that specialized skill of staying in front of quicker guards, 
um, to the table. But when you talk about like, who's going to start around these guys, I think another big piece of this, and um, unfortunately there's not really much other to say about it other than it's make or miss is that the heat's identity, you, you know, they got to get to a better three point shooting uh, team. I mean, to be 15th in the league in three point shots made and 24th and three point percentage, like this is another thing that ties into how they make the starting lineup work, how they make the, pieces that fit around Tyler Duncan, Bam and Jimmy, who that fifth player is, they really have to take into account how it maximizes, how they also turn around this offensive thing. Yeah. But to your point though, I, I know part of the identity of the team last year was to be a shooting team, but this team is shooting 34, 35% from the field. So is that really a part of our identity at this point? Like, are we a good shooting team? Because in but, some but cases, Royal, it has to be right. That's the thing. Like, I mean, <laughs> You're right. No, but this team's not going anywhere unless they're shooting 36% plus from three on a high volume like that. They're not, they're not a post-up team. Okay. They're not going to do that. They're not, I hate to say it. They're not going to be a hold you down defensive team. They weren't last year. Like, no, right. I, I mean, before this, we thought they me, were going to be. And then like that identity never formed. They were well, actually how, the offensive did, juggernaut. How form, but Greg, how does it form? I, again, no disrespect, but how does it form when four of your core rotation players are hero Robinson, uh, Dragic and Olenek? Like it's, yeah. it's not, and you got to bet on the other side of this right. three point I mean, shooting. You have, you have to be really good offensively. Like of those guys, like Goran is not going to become a better defense. He competes, but he's not going to become a better defender. Hero has somewhat Robinson has somewhat, but I mean, to say if they both get to average, you're, you're comfortable with that. Like that's, that's where you, and Kelly, I mean, we've seen enough of Kelly to know he's going to take some charges, but he's not going to rebound. And he's just not somebody you can leave out there for long stretches against physical players. So none of that's going to change. So you look at the other side of it, you're like, okay, Bam, yes. Jimmy, yes. Avery Bradley, yes. Iguodala, yes, although not for long stretches anymore. Um, and you don't have Crowder. And you were hoping to replace Crowder in some way with Harkless, who's not really playable or didn't – he looked playable in one game before he went out. And and then, you know, Struess, no. Vincent, I mean – you know, have we seen enough? I, I, he competes. I will say that he competes. Like he he fights over screens. Like he does he more than none. Yeah, <laughs> but he does. But I think to the point that's been made at nauseum on this podcast, we have too many one way players that can play either side of the ball, but cannot play both. You sound and like I think, Alex. Yeah, yeah I know. I abs- but it but it comes down to but it comes down to not so the personnel anymore. If we know the players, it comes down to the rotation and how does Spo deploy these? It's it's the thing that Alex keeps talking about, which is you cannot have more than two negative defenders on the court but then your offense suffers and then right. if you flip that then the, the same thing happens on its inverse so it's just a matter of finding that right mix i do think that the one thing we saw last night is that jimmy can solve the playmaking issue yes he, he, he that's like the one thing we've talked about that we were a little concerned about like that can be solved like jimmy between jimmy bam and you get goron back and then you add hero between those four, there's enough. Look, their assist percentage is, is still top 10 in the league. Like, they've been fine. The turnovers are high. But they, they do, for a team without a quote-unquote true point guard, they're okay there, which is why I've come around to the idea that as much as I like the Kyle Lowry idea, the bigger need, and I think this is what they believe too, and I know this is what they, the bigger need is up front. The bigger need is up front. Like, they, they feel like they have enough playmaking and potentially could have enough shooting. They know they don't have a player to play next to Bam. They, they know it. And whatever they did this off season, which were all sort of these, you know, these sort of, you know, we've talked about Myers enough. Okay. Olenek, they weren't trading at this point. 
Um, you know, Achua has been a pleasant surprise. Okay. But they weren't counting on him to play big minutes this year, particularly no tournament, no summer league, all that things. He's been way above expectations. KZ maybe a little bit below because KZ is not a plug and play player. Like precious is like precious. You just send him out there and just run hard. Okay. Yeah. And, and he does it, but I think the playmaking issue is somewhat solved, but the rebounding issue is not solved. Uh, the, the sort of, you know, allowing Bam to float a little bit. They don't have somebody up front to do that. And so when Bam is not like Bam was not aggressive last night, which is something else I want to get to. And when he's not, it shows because they don't have anybody in the front court to kind of take that burden off of him and they won't play him and precious together. All right. When we come back, um, we're, I know this sounds really negative after they just won and they, <laughs> they, they, they at least, at least broke the losing streak. But we're going to get into what the solutions are outside the roster, because it sounds like all three of us are kind of saying that that solution uh, may not actually exist. All right. But before we do I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network, you've got to go to manscaped.com. Use the code five RSN that's five RSN. You get 20% off anything, but I want to tell you first about what they've got going on here with their new cologne. You definitely need to, Check that out. This is their new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. So complete your grooming game. If you've already gotten everything else, the perfect package 3.0, you got to check out the cologne. I'm going to try to read this with a straight face. Calming and inviting. The signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetifer and a woodsy masculine finish. Say that three times fast. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan also the beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood get 20 percent off and free shipping that's right it's time to feel sexy royal and greg with the code 5rsn at manscaped.com now back to the pod all right so if we agree that it's not on this roster where is it like, I mean, I mean, they're going to have to go outside. It's a little pr problematic when you say you've got to get to your identity, but to get to your identity, you got to bring in somebody who's not with the heat right now. So w Greg, where do they get it? Well, well, let's first clarify that it, they can get to their identity without necessarily going outside, but it's just not going to be a final form that can get them back to the NBA finals. I think that as long as they start hitting shots and they're relatively healthy, even this group can be, um, a contender in the Eastern Conference. But if you're talking about really taking an, a leap, um, they're, they're going to have to ask, ask the question, are we going to go for a Band-Aid option that expires this summer so that we're essentially swapping expiring contracts on the roster now, like um, Myers Leonard, for instance, for a player that they would um, be, you know, expire this summer as well, but would be much more serviceable for them? Or do they look at the landscape of 2021 and free agency and say, you know what, if we can go get a guy that will really fit this roster, let's go all in on a player. Like let's say John Collins, do you envision him as a fit next to bam long-term in the front court? And you're willing to offer him a max extension. Like, is that a viable option? I think that those are the questions and maybe not necessarily the exact players that they're going to have to look at, but it, that's what, what they're going to have to ask themselves independent of the question of, do you just take all your chips, throw them 
on the table towards bad Bradley Beal. And then you may be abandoning the conversation related to what's next to Bam because the entire roster has to be reshuffled. So there's like a lot of balls in the air when it comes to this. But there, but see, world, if they're doing look, the Bradley Beal thing, I mean, everybody knows how I feel about Bradley Beal and that if you can go get Bradley Beal, you go get Bradley Beal. But if you're doing that, you're essentially going all in on the shooting and scoring thing. Like, because Bradley Beal's not a bad defender when he's motivated to defend. He's been in a bad defensive system with a team that doesn't defend at all. Uh, and so I, I do think he'd become a better defender in Miami, but he's not solving their defensive issues. I mean, he's just, they're going to try to score 125 points, right? Like that's, that's the whole. So does that even, like we focus so much on the two guards. It was Harden, it's, it's Beal, it's Oladipo. When it does seem like a guy like John Collins actually fits what they need more and would cost them less. Yeah, I think John Collins would be an amazing fit next to Bam because of all the things that he can do. And he he's shown a willingness to play defense. But another name that I want to kind of like throw out there is somebody who we just saw, Marvin Bagley III. Um, he's long. He's the type of uh, power forward that can put the ball on the floor. He didn't rebound well against Miami, but I mean, he can rebound. He can shoot a little bit. And I believe I think the reason that so many people are looking towards these offensive minded forwards is because that's the way that the game is moving. And I believe that if you have somebody like that next to Bam, then your offense could be a semblance of your best defense. If you're trying to give up very little, then you're still going to have a roster full of one way players. You're still going to have the Tylers and the Duncans on the roster. And so if your goal is going to be to outscore people, then you get somebody like Marvin Bagley, who is a lottery pick an elite level talent and, uh, and, you know, see if he can develop in a, in a contract. But Royal, don't you need like I, I'm I'm good with the heat with the reclamation projects, particularly the young reclamation projects. They've had success with those throughout the years. But typically it's in a year where you've got a full training camp. Um, yeah. you, you have time to assimilate with the other players like I don't know, like this is a speeding train, right? Like it's running over people. So like picking up Marvin Bagley now, it feels like more of a move for next season. And I'm fine with it. Like I, I feel like, look. These players go to Sacramento. I've done this many times. If you literally draft the player that was picked at one pick after Sacramento picked for like the last 10 years, you would have not like a good team. You would have an all time team like they've I mean, they could have had Luca. OK, right. I mean, they, I mean, I mean, I mean <laughs> what, but what a can, mess. But I mean, you can literally do that for the last 15 years. But I don't really know whether it's because they're not good players that they draft or because the program is such a mess that That's, those players never have one. It's isn't it, is it a little bit of both? Like if Luca went to Sacramento, let's say Trey Young went to Sacramento, how does that look? I mean, I don't I think, think that works. I don't think that works. Trey Young in Sacramento, I don't think that works at all. I mean, he <laughs> can't defend. They would put nobody around him who could defend, and so the roster would be totally unfit for. His but Roy, how how would Luca? I mean, Luca doesn't defend either. But how would Luca look in in Sacramento? I think Luca's one of those transcendent talents that would have looked like Luca anywhere he went. Like, that's just the way that I believe. That's how I feel about Luka. Uh, but you look at a guy. Okay, again, this is a conversation we've had before. But, like, if you look at R.J. Barrett, right? If they don't hire Tibbs this year, R.J. Barrett's career, to me, flatlines. Like, you know, it, but with Tibbs, all of a sudden, R.J. Barrett's looking like a player. Like, it, th that does matter. I mean, Tyler Hero gets drafted by the Kings, right? Tyler Hero is not even Buddy Healed, okay? <laughs> you know, at, at first. So, that's the thing with those players there. Like, I do feel like it does make sense to take a chance on players that are in bad organizations, particularly young players like John Collins, like the Atlanta situation, like the Hawks have not been a great organization, but I feel like Lloyd Pierce is a pretty good coach and he's established some kind of a culture there. 
So like, I feel like John Collins has had a chance, whereas Bagley hasn't. So I, I get what you're saying, Royal. Like, I think that he could certainly be somebody that he could work with and he's got extremely high upside. Um, although they said no more Duke guys. Right. But, but he's got, he's got extremely, but I, I just don't know if it would help them this year. Do you, do yeah. you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so if you're talking about a player that that helps immediately, then you're looking towards somebody like a LaMarcus Aldridge, who you guys brought up on the uh, on the stream, uh, an established player who Pat's been connected to uh, before, the player that he's liked, and like you guys always say, he always comes back around the player that he likes, and he has an established skill set that we know could work next to Bam. He can shoot, he can play the five, uh, and and I think that he would fit in. He'd slide in very well on this team. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if they would try to see what it would cost to get DeMar Both. DeRozan and Both. Marcus Aldridge in, Both. Is, yeah. in the same move. Absolutely. Yeah. So what um, would that cost? Because I was because the DeRozan thing is getting more interesting to me. I didn't like it at first. We talked about about it before the season because there is some so much duplication with Jimmy because DeMar has not been a great playoff player. But also there are ties to the organization. First thing, Dwayne loves him. OK, uh, which has always been kind of a factor in it. But he's become a better passer. He's become a better range shooter this year, um, and and he's re- and he's defended better. If you look at some of the metrics, like I, I understand there's duplication with Jimmy, but if you're going all in on a guy who a he gets to the I mean you talk about getting to the line. If you had him, Bam, and Jimmy out there at the same time with two spacers, uh, they would live at the line. <laughs> okay, um, but what would that take, Greg? Like to get both because you, it's a lot of money you have to send out. It's it's fifty one point seven million dollars. That's what you got to get to from a salary perspective. So that's uh, you know just in itself. Regardless, if if you're even wanting to approach the what does it take from a value compensation perspective, just su- trading that much money is unheard of, generally speaking, in the NBA. But you would think it would take a mix of all the expiring contracts Miami has, and then probably something in the neighborhood of like uh, I would guess. KZ Akpala and Precious Achua, mm-hmm. um, something like that. Maybe Kendrick Nunn as well. Um, and then you're kind of, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're shortchanging your, your bench and, and a couple young pieces, but you are plugging and playing with some vets, uh, you know, and it would be a short-term thing because they would expire in the off season. Could you hold on to hero and or Robinson? You would have to, I, I don't even think you explore that deal for hero or Robinson. I, I think like, uh, Robinson is the kind of player that I would begin to think about if we're going to max extend John Collins, if you think that that's the long-term fit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not thinking about Robinson for any short-term fixes. What's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think I would think about Tyler for uh, Collins either. <laughs> I think that's like, that's off limits. No Tyler way. is for the no. star. Like, well, it, 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 it would be Robinson again, if you're assuming that you're not going <laughs> to sign Robinson to 18 to $20 million. Like that's, because that's yeah. where it's going to be. What's funny about it is that with the Spurs and Robinson is the Spurs basically just gave Davis Bertans away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so to go get Robinson, I'm not sure. And I don't even know what pop's future is there. It feels like pop just wants to, it feels like they've overachieved this season. And so maybe there'll be talk that pop mm-hmm. sticks around longer, but I feel like he wants to turn it over to Becky Hammond. Like I feel like the, and I'm not saying she's not deserving cause she is, but I feel like, the social statement that he would be making there is more important to him than even competing for another championship himself. Like to be the coach who basically sets that in motion where you have a female head coach and he leaves her with a good program. Like that feels like with everything pops done 
sort of outside of basketball the past three, four years, it feels like that's where he wants that to go. And maybe sort of resetting the cupboard with a bunch of really good young players. Cause they have some good young players there now, like, and, and resetting it and adding a couple more pieces to it and say, here's your team that you can build with. He might be interested in that. I, I'll, I'll say this. If you can have one or the other, Greg, it's Aldridge though, right? Yeah. Just because of the fit. Um, and he doesn't solve all the rebounding stuff, but you just figure that they would figure some of that stuff out from the front court perspective. So yeah, that, that would be my fit for one year. Um, but I, the DeRozan thing, uh, I think that there's ways he and Jimmy would play a lot better than people think from a, um, the way that they would complement each other. But yeah, I got to go LMA. Well, Jimmy likes him too, personally. Like that's, that matters. And I would think like that uh, DeRozan would be, I think DeRozan would be probably coming off the bench though, right? Like I, I don't think that you slot him in as a starter unless you traded uh, Duncan or Tyler. Like if you were somehow able to keep both of them. Or Jimmy want... at the four, like you suggested. <laughs> well, if Jimmy's at the four, you could play DeRozan, Hero, and Robinson. And I mean, you're going to outscore a hell of a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I, I'm thinking about pairing uh, Goran with uh, DeRozan off the bench and just to kind of mm -hmm. make sure that you keep some level of balance between your starters and your bench. I don't think you want to put all of your defensive prowess on the, on the starters and then just have guard. Like you can have uh, DeRozan guard up with that second unit and maybe he's the four next to Precious or something like that. If that's, if that's how it looks. I, I mean, I, I look at tomorrow as, as an average defender at this point. Like, I, I don't think he's a bad defender at this stage. Like I, but, but you're, if you put Goran and DeMar together, that would, might be the best backup backcourt in NBA history. <laughs> Actually, like if you just look at what the two of them could, I mean, you wouldn't need anybody else in that second unit. I mean, essentially you just need one big to rotate in there. Um, but like we said, you may not have precious, so you're going to be short other bigs, but if you have LaMarcus, then that's a whole nother conversation because LaMarcus is starting with bam then. So uh, we'll get to more of that another day. Follow Royal at Royal A. Shepard. Obviously, check out the post-game streams. I think you're taking over back for me again tomorrow night because, Greg, I'm going to be at the game. So, uh, Greg and I will, will likely do the pod together. Follow Greg at Greg Sylvander. Check out prizepicks.com. Use the code 5manscape.com. Use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN for 20% off. And check out 5reasonsrealtor.com for our guy, Eric Brown. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. After the end of a good fight, Deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois.